Welcome everyone, we are about to begin Be'ezus Hashem, Shalom Bayesh Shir, number 189. In the last two shiurim, we were discussing the physical, sexual, intimate aspect of the life between a couple. And we talked in the past about the pursuer and distancer connection that happens a lot in marriages, where one of them is pursuing and is engaging, and the other one is distancing and that creates issues that have to be worked through in all areas of marriage. And when it comes to the sexual-physical relationship, it's pretty easy to identify this part that happens very often in the marriage. And there's a pursuer and a distancer very often, and they both need to work on themselves to get to that midpoint where they could connect and align with one another, where the pursuer has to know not to over-pursue, and the distancer has to learn not to distance, but to get closer and connect. So you know when there's one that is the one that is mostly trying to initiate the sex and almost always ends up feeling rejected uh, by refusals from a distancer, then you're the pursuer in the relationship generally. And if you're the one that generally is less interested or you don't feel you want to make the effort, or it's just too much for you that way, then you're the distancer in the relationship. And although stereotypically, we talked about this before, in the stereotypical male-female, men-woman, generally speaking, men are viewed as being the pursuer for sex, though it's not always the case, and that women are often viewed as the distancer for sex and the pursuer for conversation, that is true in a general way. So, for example, men would tend to be a pursuer in regard to the sex, and the women more distancer in regard to sex. But regarding to conversation and regarding to um, emotional connection, that way it's usually the reverse, where the women are the pursuers and want to pursue that part of the connection, and the men are distancers in that. Now, again, that's stereotypical. It doesn't always work that way, but it's very ironic. And it's important, in the example we just gave, to to learn how to reverse it, even though it doesn't come naturally to you. So, for example, a man who usually pursues in the sexual aspect of it, they need to learn, if they're already doing that, because that's part of their nature, they need to learn how to pursue also in the emotional aspect of connecting with your wife. And on the woman's side, if she's pursuing on wanting to emotionally engage with her husband in conversation, in the need to talk, in the need to share your life with him, they need to somehow, even though they're not in the mood, to turn on that switch sometimes and pursue in the aspect of the sexual relationship as well. And um, very often it's sad, but you l- they're led with a impasse, meaning it's sort of a line where they just become rigid, that dance between a pursuer and a distancer, and both of them dread. They dread the emotional aspect of things, and they dread the physical aspect of things. Because basically, um, the bedroom now becomes a source of tension and pain. Because the pursuer feels devastated by being constantly rejected, and the distancer is afraid. They're afraid to put their arms around the partner or be physically affectionate um, because it triggers something in them 
that's that's and 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 they're also afraid of the reaction of the pursuer um, that may have a, a express anxiety or anger about the situation of you know the difference between the two. So it's very important to work through it and br- sort of break that nature to the best that you can for the sake of the marriage, meaning that the ones are that are pursuing and they're over pursuing, they need to know they have to take a step step back, take a break from that. Don't overwhelm the other person. Stop pursuing that much. And the distancer to stop distancing. And they need to break that cycle. And there's there's only one way to break that cycle. The pursuer has to hold back a little bit and not pressure. And the distancer has to stop distancing. And it's simple, but it's difficult. Meaning it's simple in concept, it's common sense, but it's difficult because it's not your nature. So for the one that is a pursuer, what they really need to understand is, is that nothing will change, no matter how, if you, because very often when you pursue, you pursue in an unhealthy way. And you get frust- you know, you, you, you cause frustration in the other one. And you're basically opening yourself up for unneedless rejection, cold, angry withdrawal. So you have to hold back on the pursuing and adapt to having normal, healthy conversations and pull back a little bit on that and instead work on having conversations and developing some patience in that area so it's understandable that you would be angry angry inside hurt inside frustrated inside you need to put that aside and do what you can to try to communicate verbally in a patient way and work things through and it's very important to choose a time outside of the bedroom area when things are calmer when things are better between the two of you when it's less tense to discuss these subjects about physical intimacy with one another. To explain that it's important to you, we don't, that I'm sorry if I ever overpressured you, you apologize for that. You explain that you want the bedroom aspect not to be a source of struggle or hurt between the two of you. And you understand that I, uh, you know, and you say these, you tell, you tell her or him, whichever way it is, I know I'm the one that's more interested and that's why I ask more and that's why I hint to it more and that's why I push a little more but it's really because I love you and it's also that's my nature I really enjoy it and that's what what I want to do but I see it's making you uncomfortable and maybe I've gone overboard at times or been insensitive in times and I apologize but you know and then you work it through with each other because it's okay to initiate it's okay to express your interest. There's no crime in it. It's even healthy. But you have to do it in a way that takes the pressure off the other person from feeling intimidated by it and have a, a, a conversation about it and to be open about it. And that's an important part of it. And um, it's just, it's a hard thing, obviously. Because you're basically going against a, a, a nature that you have. So, what's very important in this conversation here is to recognize that nature, not to be judgmental to one another about it, and work out a way. There's a certain 
medium between the two on scheduling of it and the frequency of it that could be to the satisfaction of both where the pursuer again becomes less threatening by being more subtle about it and the ones that's more distant takes the courage to go steps further even though they they are more shy or introverted or maybe have less of a drive they need to push themselves to become more forthcoming for the sake of their marriage for the sake of themselves even because once they're in that connection they'll both enjoy it very much and then we talked about also about how part of the connection between a husband and wife in a sexual way, in an emotionally intimate way, warrants the fact that Khalila, there should not be any threatening of any sort of the relationship of any type that's outside the marriage. And we're not just talking about Gili Arias here. We're not talking about Khalila, uh, 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 an affair or anything like that right now. What I mean by outside relationships is an unhealthy, external, emotional friendship with the opposite gender, which we talked about more at length in the Shalom Bayis. Um, I forgot the numbers now, but in regard to you know marriage, feeling married outside the home and in workplace situations and things like that. And it's very important to set limits that way. And that helps very often in the sexual part of the marriage. We talked about, obviously, the overall marriage. It's common sense. Where you have to remove that there's no real, true, intimate connection between a male and a female other than a husband and a wife in a deep way. And that's it. And we know for a fact that those open connections could create a distance and a rift between a husband and a wife if they have a connection to opposite gender of somebody else. And it doesn't necessarily always lead to a sexual indiscretion, but it can lead to what we call emotional affairs, which surprisingly, even though we're in the 180s in the numbers, we didn't really yet get into that subject, but believe that we will. But it's very, very important to close that gate and to say no matter what, and that resolves a lot of problems because then your focus is now on your husband and wife. Now, I know it's sometimes unpleasant because it's real life. You deal with your husband 24-7, you deal with your wife 24-7, you see all the mishigasin, you have tension with the kids, with parnasa, with all these other areas. So it's not exactly a romantic thing a lot of times. And it's very, very sobering sometimes. Oh, I have to deal with my husband or with my wife and work things through. And there's no question about, about it that if um, there is a friendship or an emotional connection, a deeper emotional connection, uh, that leads to what we call an emotional affair um, that a, a wife has with another man or the husband has with another woman, that that does tremendous damage and lack of focus, and it creates a big weakening in the marriage bond. And one doesn't realize that if they block that out and they turn towards their husband, towards their wife, even though they're not excited about it right now, because it's real life, obviously. But what happens is, is naturally your mind and your heart opens up to ways to work things through that you would never think of while you're in that um, 
unhealthy relationship that you're having with somebody else or those feelings you have with somebody else. That's a very important concept to know. A lot of times when a couple is having, I'm talking now in the secular world, but it could happen in other words, when when a couple is having normal married issues that everyone has, but they don't want to deal with it because it's real life and it's not always pleasant to deal with, the obvious best thing to do is to break through that resistance and say, even though it's not comfortable now, we're going to work with each other to make this work, to make this become better. And when you do that, 99.999% of the time, it gets a lot better and it gets more beautiful. Sometimes you need a little outside help and advice from a counselor, from a rav. Yeah, that's possible. But automatically, when the focus is that way, things do get better. And very often what happens is, is when you have that unhealthy emotional connection with somebody outside the marriage or, you know, your, your, your unhealthy fantasies or dream world of a utopia or an alternate reality of what you think life would be better without this current life you have over here in the realistic real world and you know, you put your mind on that, it blocks you from really thinking about the real ways that you could actually help and enhance your marriage. That applies to overall emotional, you know, physical aspects, emotional aspects, everything, everything. People don't realize this, that these type of things, how much it blocks you from connecting with one another. And that applies also if, if um, you know, that other types of distractions other than emotional affairs where you just try to escape into things not to deal with the real life aspects. And it's not easy for people to do because it's real life and they don't like to think about their own vulnerabilities and their own problems. But the bottom line is, is when you do turn towards each other and say, yes, there's bumps and yes, there's things that we have to work through, but we're going to work together with it. Hashem helps with good effort and with Siata Deshmaya, things open up and they get a tremendously amount better. Not just does it heal and patch up like a band-aid, but it makes it like the wound was never there before or even more than that, that the Chayshech, the darkness, is transformed into light. It's transformed into something beautiful. It's transformed into something great. So that's the lesson over here as well. So just as a a summary of this, is that this that we talked about in many of the recent shiurim of the pursuer and distancer aspect of marriage, which we talked about a lot, where one engages more and the other one distances themselves more. And that creates a dynamic that creates a lot of tension and heartache. And just like that happens in all areas of marriage, it happens in the physical, sexual aspect too. And it's very important, and it is doable, it is workable, it is simple, but difficult because it's going against your nature. That the one who is going a little, being too pushy, too initiating, too um, too much forthcoming, in, and then the other one feels pressure, they need to change their approach on that 
And like we said before, there's nothing wrong with initiating or expressing interest, but you have to do it in a way that is comfortable for the one that is the distancer in the relationship. And the distancer in the relationship needs to know that need they need to come out of their shell, even though they're not comfortable about it, and open up and allow themselves to become more vulnerable and meet midway here. And that is the greatest shalom. The greatest shalom and they will end up having the best physical, intimate relationship and the best sexual pleasure out of it too. When you have a pursuer and a distancer, that by nature, they would go and drift apart from one another. And each one decides, I say Shalom and Raimov, because there's a HaKadosh Baruch Hu that creates the Shalom that connects the two of you that the pursuer will learn, I'm going to be that I am, that's my nature, but I'm going to hold back and I'm going to take it slower and I'm going to be more patient and I'm going to use my words in a calmer, softer way and not put uh, 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 not express things in a way that will create unneeded, health, unhealthy pressure towards the other. And then the distancer at the same time breaks their nature to an extent and they say, Enough with my shell. I'm going to, even though it's hard for me, to open up my hand, to give a hug, to express an interest, even though I'm naturally, by nature, hard for me to express that interest. When both both do that, and they meet in the middle there, with both overcoming their nature because of the love for one another, and because that's what Hashem wants, Hashem makes it with Siyat Deshmaya that after a while, it the... the the emotional connection between the two becomes more natural and the physical sexual relationship between the two becomes more natural, more enjoyable and a lot of that tension dissipates and they'll realize that it was a temporary thing. doesn't have to be that for the rest of their life. Even though they can't change their etzim nature, the one that's more pursuer will be most likely that way most of their life or all their life. The one that's distancer will also most of their life have that nature but that will not take away the fact that because they worked on this, it becomes second nature to them, where they could communicate and they could love each other and enjoy their emotional life together and enjoy their physical, sexual life together as well. Have a wonderful day.